0: Welcome to News of the Times. This podcast is aimed for those with a passion for history and the human story. Through actual news articles of our past, I review the social media stories of their day, touching upon the lives, trends and world of the everyday person. I am Robin Coles and this is News of the Times. The Time, 1726-1728 to 1728. The Headlines Mary Toft from Godalming causes a sensation by purporting to give birth to sixteen rabbits. Jonathan Swift's novel Gulliver's Travels is published. It sells out within a week. In 1727, King George I dies en route to Hanover. His son, George Prince of Wales, becomes King George II of Great Britain. Charles VI, the Holy Roman Emperor, issues an order limiting the number of Jews who can be legally recognised as legitimate householders. Sir Isaac Newton dies. The first large shipment of slaves arrives in New Orleans as the slave ship La Aura arrives with 290 Africans captured in Gambia. During the 90-day voyage from Senegal, 60 of the slaves had died. The first Saudi State is founded by Mohammed bin Saud. The first performance of John Gay's The Beggar's Opera at the Lincoln's Inn Fields Theatre is a major success and it leads to a theatre boom. The Ballad Opera is a satire of Italian opera. The first Amish move to North America Explorer James Cook dies. The coronation of Peter II as a Tsar of the Russian Empire takes place in Moscow. The Copenhagen Fire of 1728, the largest in the Danish city's history, takes place. Our headline story from the weekly journal. November 1726. The Rabbit Affair. From Guildford comes a strange but well-attested piece of news. That a poor woman who lives at Godalming, near that town, was about a month past delivered by Mr. John Howard, an eminent surgeon and man-midwife, of a creature resembling a rabbit, but whose heart and lungs "'grew without its belly. "'About fourteen days since "'she was delivered by the same person "'of a perfect rabbit, "'and in a few days after, "'of four more, "'and on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, "'the fourth, fifth, and sixth instant, "'of one in each day, "'in all nine. "'They died all in bringing into the world. "'The woman hath made oath that two months ago, being working in a field with other women, they put up a rabbit, who, running from them, they pursued it, but to no purpose. This created in her such a longing to it, that she, being with child, was taken ill and miscarried, and from that time she hath not been able to avoid thinking of rabbits.' People, after all, differ much in their opinion about this matter. Some looking upon them as great curiosities, fit to be presented to the Royal Society, etc. Others are angry at the account and say that if it be a fact, a veil should be drawn over it as an imperfection in human nature. From Stanley's newsletter, December 1726. A prosecution is ordered to be carried on in the court, if the King's Bench next Hillary term, against Mary Toft of Godalming, as an infamous cheat and impostor, in pretending to have brought forth seventeen preterm natural rabbits. She is still detained a prisoner in Bridewell, where none but the keeper's wife is permitted to go into the room and to deliver anything to her. The infinite crowds of people that resort to see her, not being suffered to approach her too near, and more especially her husband, who is briefly searched when he comes to the prison. The rabbit affair is becoming the subject of so much conversation that, for want of better news, it perhaps may not be unacceptable to give you some account of the depositions taken by the Right Honourable Lord Onslow. Edward Coston of Godalming deposed that about a month ago Joshua Toft, husband to Martha Toft, the impostor, bought of him two rabbits of a month old each, one day after another, at three pence each. "'Richard Steadman deposed that the said Joshua Toft "'bought two young rabbits of him "'and desired nobody might know of it. "'And John Sweetapple, a Quaker, solemnly affirmeth "'that the said Toft bought three rabbits of him, two of them after his wife had gone to Guildford, "'whither he said he was going to carry them.' Martha Pato of Godalming deposed also that the aforesaid Toft bought of her about five weeks ago two rabbits, and at several times in about ten days after seven or eight more. Mary Toft, the rabbit woman from Godalming, is ordered to be prosecuted upon the statute of Edward the Third for being a vile cheat and impostor. Note. To our listeners, Toft was eventually released without charge. The impact was to place considerable scrutiny on medical practitioners of the day. From the Ipswich Journal, December 1726, A Conviction of Sodomy James Williams, alias Settlement Mary, an Irishman, was tried and convicted at the Old Bailey upon an indictment for assaulting one of the youths who are called the children of the King's Chapel, with intent to commit detestable crimes of sodomy. It appeared that on Sunday the 16th of October last, the said Williams came to the chapel and, addressing himself to the youth, pretended that he knew his friends and had a great kindness for him. "'and after the divine service was over, "'he desired to speak with him in the park, "'and when they were there, it being duskish, "'Williams acted several indecencies "'and prepared himself to perpetrate the abominable crime, "'but the youth ran away "'and acquainted Mr. Crofts with what had happened. "'The doctor, being apprehensive that a second attempt might be made, Appointed a person to watch chapel, whether any one would address himself to the youth and go away with him, and in such case to dodge them that proper measures might be taken to apprehend the offender and bring him to just punishment. Williams came accordingly to the chapel on St. Luke's Day, and took the youth from thence to a tavern, where he was discovered in the manner. Directed by the doctor. He is said to have made such an attempt once upon a young lad in the Charterhouse, and to have stood in the pillory for the like crime about twelve years ago. Williams, convicted for attempting to commit sodomy with Henry Lloyd, one of the children of the King's Chapel, was sentenced to stand on the pillory at Charing Cross, and is to be transported, being likewise convicted of a single felony. Advertisement from the Ipswich Journal, January 1729 From John Danford Where, as it is, it was advertised in this paper on November the 2nd that Elizabeth, the wife of John Danford, had eloped from her said husband and carried with her several household goods and money. These, therefore, are to give notice to all persons that the said Elizabeth eloped not from her husband but gone to see her sisters and carried away no goods. But I did this in my passion, which I now repent. She shall have the same liberty as a wife ought to have. Signed, John Danford. From the Ipswich Journal, December 1726 weather. We learn from several parts of the country that the snows are so deep, and the roads so exceedingly bad, that travellers go in danger of their lives. From the Ipswich Journal, November 1726, Dead Infant Found. Yesterday morning a newborn child was found dead in the foot of the lane upon which the ports of this city were shut and a strict search made for the murderer. From the Newcastle Current, May 1729, Prison Maintenance Allowance. All confined debtors are for the future to be allowed from one shilling and sixpence to six shillings per week by their plaintiffs to maintain them in prison. From the Ipswich Journal, January 1728, the poor in London. A gentleman in Queen Street by Oxford Road, having had a list of names of four hundred of the poor of that neighbourhood, ordered each a bushel of coals, a half-peck loaf, and a pound of cheese, which has been distributed amongst them accordingly. From the Ipswich Journal, December 1728, Sickness Warning. We have an account from Warwickshire, that there is a sickness there which carries off great numbers of people, and that most of them die raving mad. From the Ipswich Journal, December 1728. Performance. Last night, the Beggars' Opera was acted at the theatre in Lincoln's Inn Fields by children under ten years old, most of whom performed to admiration of their audience which was honoured by His Royal Highness's presence, and which was very numerous. The same is to be formed again this night. From the Ipswich Journal, December 1728, Royal Order. We hear that an order will be issued for all noblemen and gentlemen who go to court to appear in full bottom perukes after the 22nd of January, to prevent the intrusion of rude people into the illustrious assemblies held there. Note to our listeners, a peruke is a type of wig that was popular between the 17th to the early 19th century. Advertisement from the Newcastle Current, November 1728, Poaching Warning. This is to give notice that if any person or persons shall henceforth hunt, shoot, or by any other ways or means destroy game within the several liberties of Wanley, Buck, Teppermoor, Greyhead, Undershore, Clintburn, Whitehill, Paddockburn, Bogglesgar, Churandhead, Cowden, Overtown, Willington and Bakewell within the county of Northumberland without the especial licence of Sir Ralph Milbank, but shall be prosecuted with the utmost severity of the law. Event from the Newcastle Current, April 1726. On Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, between the 3rd, 4th and 5th of May next, at Richmond in Yorkshire, there will be a main fight between Mr Croft and Mr Heston, each side showing 21 cocks for a Guinea battle, "'and twenty guineas the main or off battle. "'From the Derby Mercury, May 1727, Youth Attacks. "'It being customary at this season of the year "'for the youths of Westminster School "'and the other schoolboys in the liberty of Westminster "'to attack one another with clubs and staves. "'The former were apprehensive that this time their adversaries would be too hard for them, and they hired the apprentices of Bridewell Hospital as auxiliaries, who went down to their assistance last Tuesday night and made their masters victorious wherever they came, for which services they were bountifully rewarded. That they afterwards got into an alehouse in King Street where they became drunk and quarrelled with constables and the watch, and wounded several of them, causing such a riot and disorder that the guards came from Whitehall and seized fifteen of the blue-coat boys who were secured in the gatehouse, and this day at noon were carried before the bench of justices to be examined. Advertisement from the Bath Journal, January 1749 The remainder of a parcel of very fine hops At 18 pence per pound, with good allowances, anyone that buys a bag or half a bag. Also, neat rum, French brandy and shrub. Likewise, fine ciders, corks, the hogshead or barrel, or in bottles by the dozen. William Smith, Westgate Street, fine old cider in bottles. From the Ipswich Journal, December 1726, A Case of Rape. We have also a man from stone for committing a rape on a woman of that place which used to carry the letters to the neighbouring towns. But because he could not master her in several hours, and then not without tying her legs to a tree, he cut her in a barbarous manner so that her life is despaired of. He was taken, washing the blood from his clothes by some people that came by, where he had left her almost dead and heard her groans. This is the second rape he has attempted, but narrowly escaped from the first. From the Ipswich Journal, December 1728, Dismemberment. On Wednesday last, Mary Strawbridge was committed to Newgate for dismembering a gentleman who made love to her from the Ipswich Journal, December 1726. A daring escape. Last Sunday, Sarah Oakley, the reputed widow of Guttridge, now hanging in chains in Bristol Causeway, but now said to be the wife of one Kirk, lately committed to the county jail of Surrey for felony, and Elizabeth Honeyman made their escape from the county jail aforesaid by means of nails driven into the wall on the inside. Oakley leapt down and got clear off, but Honeyman broke her leg by the fall, and being carried to St. Thomas's Hospital, it was judged necessary to cut it off to save her life, which was done on Tuesday following. At about three o'clock that morning, the other woman, Oakley, was taken to Whitechapel In bed with Kirk and another man, and brought back to her former habitation, and a warrant being against Kirk, he was apprehended and committed to jail and double ironed. Advertisement from the Kentish Weekly Post, December 1726. The Country Housewife and Ladies Director, this day is published. Regarding the management of a house and the delights and profits of a farm containing instructions for managing the brew house and malt liquors in the cellar, the making of wines of all sorts, directions for the dairy in the improvement of butter and cheese, the feeding and making of brawn, the ordering of fish, fowl, herbs, roots, and all other useful branches belonging to a country seat, in the most elegant manner for the table, practical observations concerning distilling, with the best method of making ketchup and many other curious and durable sauces. The whole distributed in this proper month's from the beginning to the end of the year by R. Bradley, Professor of Botany in the University of Cambridge. From the Kentish Weekly Post, December 1726, General Sessions. At the General Sessions of the Peace on Thursday for the city and the county of Canterbury, one woman was convicted of a felony, was then burnt in the hand and committed to Bridewell of the said city to hard labour for five months. Also, another woman was convicted of petty larceny, was sentenced to be publicly whipped at the corn market this day and then to be discharged. From the Ipswich Journal, December 1728, Bodies Found "'The North Mail came in late last night, "'by which we have an account from Edinburgh of the 26th "'that the divers fishing for the spoils "'of the Dutch ship cast away in the Western Sea of Scotland "'had found in and about her "'the dead bodies of 240 men, "'many of whom heads and hands were eaten off. "'The bodies were brought to land and buried.' From the Ipswich Journal, December 1726, Sentences of Death. Last night, the sessions ended at the Old Bailey when four persons received sentences of death. William Miller for a robbery on the highway, Edward Rowland for horse-stealing, Jane Cromney for privately stealing a guinea and 17 shillings, and Grace Baldwin for shoplifting. From the Ipswich Journal, December 1728. The party of soldiers that were relieved last Saturday at Hampton Court in their return to London assaulted a poor invalid who has a little hut near the halfway house from Putney to Kingslow and dangerously wounded him in the head, then broke some of his bottles and drank his liquor. And the next day the poor fellow was brought to town to apply for redress. From the Ipswich Journal, December 1726. His Majesty has been pleased to remit the punishment of one Thomas Mulliner of Colonel Harrington's Regiment of Foot, tried here for desertion. Two twelve hundred lashes fixed one hundred at a time. Advertisement from the Kentish Weekly Post, December 1726. Just arrived from Bristol. A quantity of Bristol hot well water being very fresh and good at four shillings per basket. Inquire of Mr James Burrell in Hillgate in Gateshead. In international news from the Newcastle Current, November 1728, Copenhagen, we hear a regulation will shortly be published for taking the rents of houses and lodgings which since the late great fire are risen to an excessive price. The governor of Norway has acquainted the regency that several ships loaded with timber will shortly sail for that kingdom to this port. Rome. On Monday last, Our Lady di Rosario in the Church of the Minerva was stripped of most of her jewels and precious ornaments— but the authors of this sacrilege are hitherto undiscovered. Fontainebleau Last Thursday, Mr. Van Hoey, Ambassador of the States of Holland, making merry at his house with his own family on account of the recovery of the king. Three pages of the great stable and two private gunmen of the horse guard passing by about twelve at night and hearing the music did rudely... "'forced their way into the house "'and went directly to the room "'where the ambassador's lady was, "'which they entered "'without as much as taking off their hats. "'The secretary and other gentlemen "'desired them to withdraw, "'and, telling them that it was not decent "'to come in such manner "'into the house of an ambassador, "'for one of the pages "'had only understockings on "'and a nightcap on his head.' But all their persuasions proved vain, and the servants at last were obliged to push them out, whereupon they all drew their swords and made much disturbance. The next day the ambassador went to the house of the keeper of the seals to complain of the insult, but did not find him at home. Some time after this, the minister came to his excellency and told him on the part of the king that his majesty having already been informed of this insolent action, had caused the offenders to be put under arrest. The said ambassador had since desired the king to pardon them, but his majesty is resolved that they shall remain six months in jail and would have punished them more vigorously if all the foreign ministers had not jointly interceded for them. You have been listening to the News of the Times 1726 through 1728 and I am Robin Coles. Thank you for listening to News of the Times. New episodes incorporating a new span of time from history will be updated weekly. If you enjoyed the show please tell your friends and subscribe. You can also check out our sister channel, Simply Stories, found on all your favorite podcast apps.